Warning! The following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard, or believed to be true, about how the human body works, and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals. Enjoy! So thanks for uh, joining us today. We got uh, a little bit of a change in topics here. We're going to talk a little bit about some mental health issues. Uh, Richie's joining us again. Uh, thanks to her for hopping in and joining the, the conversation. Just so that uh, everybody's aware, we are talking about some mental health issues. We will bring bringing up some signs and symptoms of various issues. Please note that we are not your primary healthcare professional. And if you think that you have any of the issues that we are bringing up, please raise them with your own primary care physician or primary care provider. Okay. Yeah. So the, when we, when we look at like the attention deficit issues and the fact that everybody seems to think that they have it mm -hmm. in terms of the, the inattentiveness, it's not really the inattentiveness that is the attention deficit issue. That's just one of the, of the symptoms that people with attention deficit issues happen to have. The other one is, and this is where um, I had growing up where like students and friends and family would think, oh, that person has hyper is, is ADHD because they'd be super hyper kinematic. They would be constantly moving around, constantly have to do stuff, have to do stuff, have to do stuff. And people think, oh, that's the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And once again, that's just one of, uh, of the, of the symptoms that's one there. Of the many. One of the many symptoms yeah. that's there. And not everybody who has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is kinematically hyperactive. Yeah. They're, they don't have to constantly be moving around mm -hmm. in terms of the, in terms of that, that symptom. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's where you get the, and we were talk about this in terms of the, the, once again, we use the social gender terms here, the, the difference between the boys and the girls in terms of diagnosing, it's almost three to one in terms of childhood between the, the, the boys and the girls, mm -hmm. basically three boys get diagnosed for every one girl that gets diagnosed mm. in terms of the attention deficit issues. But then when we get to adulthood, it's almost equal. And, it's, and so what's happening is you basically have this reversal in terms of the, the incidence and prevalence rates mm -hmm. that we see. About 60% of children who are diagnosed with attention deficit issues will still have attention deficit issues in adulthood. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they grow out of it. It's the fact that they have neuroanatomically and neurophysiologically matured. Mm. And so there is a there is a drastic anatomical difference that we that has been reported for those who continue to have attention deficit issues into adulthood mm -hmm. in terms of what's produced cortical thickness mm -hmm. and so that's how many uh, cells we have within the the cell layers of the of the brain of the cerebral cortex and what's it happens because they have differences in in cell layer the differences in cell layers leads to differences in connections mm-hmm and so the, the neuroanatomical hypothesis for why attention deficit issues come about is because you don't get good routing mm. in between the neurons. You don't get good yeah. connections between the neurons. And because you don't get good connections, you don't get good, good networks, it takes longer for those networks to work correctly in order to get the correct behavioral response that we want to have. Yeah. And because the networks are slow, but the brain wants to work fast. Mm-hmm. 
then you end up having these outbursts. And part and part of it is, is with is where within the cerebral cortex, where within the brain, those networks happen to be laid out. Mm-hmm. And it leads into basically the, the three principal ADH, ADD, ADHD diagnosing that we have. We have the primarily inattentive. Mm-hmm. We have the hyperactive, mm-hmm. impulsive. And then we have that kind of you're not really this, you're not really that, but there's something going on that, that kind of yeah. combined attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm-hmm. And the difference between those is where within the cerebral cortex, mm-hmm. we principally have issues taking place within either the neuro, the norepinephrine or nor, noradrenaline pathways within the cerebral cortex, the dopamine pathways, yeah, or the receptors for the neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. or the amount of neurotransmitters that are there. Now, there's secondary neurotransmitters that, that come into play that kind of counterbalance the norepinephrine, noradrenaline, and I'll use both terms there because it depends on where you're listening to our conversation. Because mm-hmm. in the United States, we'll call it norepinephrine, but everywhere else calls it noradrenaline. Mm. And so if you have issues with, with norepinephrine, noradrenaline, you, temp- you typically have hyperactive issues going on within the brain itself because you have increased reticular activating system activity. Whereas if you have dopamine issues, you'll have issues with impulsivity, oh, you have me. issues with, uh, with memory yeah. linkages. Uh, you, have, you may have some issues with, with emotional regulation. So for me personally, I've been diagnosed with a hyperactive um, mm-hmm. impulsivity. My whole life growing up, um, I've been so impulsive. I it's I don't think about my actions at all like I just do it and then I realize like after damn I see where I went wrong I shouldn't have done that as well as like within relationships too um it's so hard for my emotions to be controlled um one time no this was like recently um, it was super hot for graduation at LMC and we were on the turf and I was going to do my speech and it was just like so exhausting even sitting there because of the heat. And once after it was done, my parents were looking for me and I was so irritated. Everything was so clouded in my head. Um, and I could not control my emotions even around other people. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of other things that come with ADHD, depression, anxiety. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and that and, and that leads into the, some of the other neurotransmitters that that come into play because uh, you'll have serot- you can have serotonin issues, you can yeah. have GABA, gamma immunobuteric mm-hmm. acid issues mm-hmm. that, that come in, that can can be impacted. And that's where uh, MDMA uh, treatments for attention deficits and depression and anxiety issues come into play because it's going to help regulate the GABA yeah. effect. And so when, we, when you look at like the, the people with the, um, hyper, with the hyperactive impulsivity type of attention deficit issues, you tend to have on as an associated condition, anxiety mm. as an associated condition, depression. You don't, so, know, you don't yeah. still have the, the manic depression yeah, yeah. Issues, uh, the bipolar issues, but you can have anxiety, you can have depression, 
And a lot of the anxiety issue com- comes around with the fact that you're hypersensitive to yeah. your, the, the stimulus and it could be internalized stimulus, mm-hmm. your, your emotional response, mm-hmm. or it could be external stimulus. Right. And that's where, and, um, I'm, I'm very bad at this. You know, I'm very bad at this in terms of, Hey, here's a trigger because what's triggered for one person may not be a trigger for somebody else. Yeah. And so people who have that, the, the, um, impulsivity issues tend to have multiple triggers Yeah. and they can't pinpoint what that trigger, what that trigger happens to be. Hmm. And it becomes very hard for someone who's, who, who works with them mm-hmm. as to know, okay, what is the trigger going to be? Because that trigger could, could change from day to day. Yes. from hour to hour yeah. and, and it can become even more problematic on and once again uh in terms of the the gender differences mm. in terms of hormonal fluxes yeah. that can that that can come about mm-hmm. and it's not just looking at everybody says oh gender difference is talking about menstrual and it's not about menstrual stuff even though it's that's how everybody but any type of in or um uh, men who do hyper aggressive stuff. Mm. There's a there's a flux in testosterone. Mm. And that flux in testosterone is going to have the same effect emotionally that the flux in estrogen has for 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 women. Yeah. And that's where in terms of like treatments for people who have that impulsivity. Yeah. St- style of, of attention deficit issues, we tend to put them into some sort of okay, go and do something like physically strenuous. Mm-hmm. And doing that physical strenuous activity, what it does is it kind of lowers that yes that sensitivity. It allows you to get rid of that the, energy, the yeah. ener- the energy yeah that comes about from from the anxiety. Yes. Yeah, so, like me, always like always wanting to do something. The gym has actually like helped me doing my steps and focusing on that because it expels like all that other extra energy. Um, and along with the like the stimulus being overstimulated, being around other people who don't understand, it's so difficult. I feel like such a burden because I'm like, oh my gosh, the music's way too loud. I can't, I can't even like be here right now. Mm-hmm. Or there's just too many things going on at once. Um, it's just so f- difficult. And as well as like people say ADHD, ADD, word disorganized, but for me personally, I can't, I can't deal with the disorganization. It makes me very anxious and I can't focus. I need everything to be exactly the way it is. And mm-hmm. with that, I'm also diagnosed with OCD. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's the other thing that, that usually comes into play and everybody thinks, oh, they're like opposites of each other. And this is like, it's the same neurotransmitter. Mm. It's the same. It's the same neurotransmitters. The same neuroanatomical processes. The same neurophysiological responses mm-hmm. in terms of OCD and and, and ADD. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to do this as a as a joke to myself when I was in grad school, where I would where there would be days where I would just say, "Oh, my ADD is kicking the butt of my OCD." When I, when stuff would get out of uh, out of organization, out of control, and 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 people thought, "Oh, you're just making." It's like no, it's it's, it's, it's you, you tend to have these coping mechanisms. Yes. And one of the coping me- mechanisms that people who have attention deficit issues tend to do is that they tend to be si- slightly creative. Mm-hmm. And some people like you become like a, like a, like a, a smart aleck mm-hmm. or, or, or a smart ass depends on how you want to, how you want to phrase it. Because what ends up happening is because you have these quick whips mm-hmm. and you, and you can't control the need to 
to, to blurt it out. Yeah. Mm, having no filters. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have filters. And, and, and it's just like, and, and people think, oh, you're like this or you're that. It's just like, no, it's just like, you don't understand. It's like, you have to get this out. And it's not like it's in, in it's not like a, like a Tourette's yeah. syndrome issue or, or a tick. It's if you don't get it out, you're going to forget what you want to say. Exactly. Or when people talk too slow and I'm like, hmm, okay, let's go. Cause I need to say what I need to say, but I don't want to interrupt. And then mm-hmm. I end up forgetting. And, oh. and so, and so what ends up happening is, is that people with the attention, with people with attention deficit issues is that people will think that they're rude because mm. they're constantly interrupting. And it's just like, you know, you don't understand. It's just like, they're not doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because, okay, I have to get this out. Exactly. Yes. Cause otherwise I'm not going to remember what I want to say because the next thing you say is going to, is going to make me think about something else. Oh my God. Yeah. I find myself like that in every single conversation. <laughs> And, and so, and so, and it becomes, it becomes very problematic for, for the student, particularly mm-hmm. for, if you have an instructor, college instructor, professor, or if you're in elementary or in high school that mm-hmm. doesn't allow for interruptions. Mm-hmm. Like if, 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 if you think back to like when I, when, when we would do lecture, like actually mm-hmm. like traditional, like me, like lecturing, not us doing like case study stuff. Okay, yeah. I didn't care if you interrupted because mm-hmm. I know that if, if you needed to say something, you just say it. Whereas other, whereas other professors, other instructors would like banish you for like, how dare you interrupt without understanding? And it's like, Hey, there's, there's stuff happens. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's not like, uh, people talk about in terms of like, Oh, like you're accommodating the attention deficit student. No, I'm not accommodating the attention deficit because any student could do it. Mm. it. It, it doesn't, it doesn't take me off topic. It may take me to a direction that I didn't want it. That wasn't that I didn't game plan to go, but that's, the, that's the nature of having like an organic, authentic learning environment is that right. it allows you to, to, to do that. Yeah. And, and, and so that, and when we talk about the, the attention deficit issues is when you have that, that need to, once again, it's one, once again, it's one of those, those symptoms where if you're not, if you're someone that can kind of hold your tongue, and not have to blurt out, then you probably don't have attention deficit hyperactivity issues. Uh-huh. If you're someone that uh, in the middle of a conversation, something piques your interest and you automatically have to have to respond, you might have it. And once again, yeah. we're not diagnosing anybody. It's something where if, if, you, if you have these things that are constantly coming up, you might want to go talk to somebody about stuff. Mm. And once again, it goes, it, it becomes really nice. And there's so many really good uh, web-based tools out there yeah. to help you out. And so many web-based um, assistances right. that are out there yeah. that have come out. It's one of the uh, people are asking me, what are the, some of the good things that came out from the, the COVID-19 pandemic stuff that we went through is the fact that we have become accepting of yeah. remote health Yes. Yes. So, the ability to to contact people. Um, I can't. There, I don't want to. I don't want to want to advertise anybody out there. Um, but there's a couple of really good ones that have been being advertised in some of the podcasts that I've that I've been listening to. Yeah. Where like you can be talking to to your therapist or to a psychiatrist or to, yes. to a psychologist that isn't even in the state mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you're in. Yeah. Um. Along with like the like interrupting people type deal like let's go back to that because my therapist I we would talk all the time and she would tell me 
I notice when you're like uninterested in the conversation and like you could just tell and you just want to move on to the next thing she'll be talking I'm like like she'll notice that I just want to move on to the next topic mm-hmm. without and then she's like telling me you haven't even given me time to process and I'm you're already wanting to move on I'm like yeah you know <laughs> I have a bunch of things yep yep and 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 that's and once again that's one of the things is is like the more you're around people who the more, more you're around the person who has attention deficit issues mm-hmm. you can pick up on what that person is Mm-hmm. And this goes, and that kind of point goes into a conversation I've had with with a very good colleague of mine that uh, works uh, public health with with um, in special education with students on the autism spectrum disorder, mm. and and what we basically the statement that she came up with, and I kind of like it because I want to put it to to everything is is that if you met one one person who's autistic, you met one person who's autistic. You have not met the autistic population. Mm. because everybody's everybody's individual right and and it's that whole individuality within within healthcare and that's where kind of like the the whole telehealth which is mm-hmm. kind of beneficial because it allows it allows people to have a little bit more access to the healthcare provider allows the healthcare provider to become more entrenched with the individual that they're treating mm-hmm now the problem is, is that because of the way in which healthcare is done, particularly in the United States, in terms of it being big business, mm-hmm. and the fact that the ability to have that kind of tight knit, close relationship with the patient isn't always there. Yeah, and so you don't get that, and so it, it's it's just another avenue that allows for the connectionness and the connectedness between the provider and the patient. That's there, and it's 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 a it's a nice thing to have. Mm-hmm. It's 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 good. It's 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 a good thing to have. The other thing that people are talking about, like what's a what was one of the benefits that came out with in terms of the um, the pandemic stuff, is the ability as an educator to provide multiple multiple modalities for you to have access to the information, so that we're able to kind of pigeonhole. Right. Yeah. Instead, instead of in, instead of pigeonholing everybody to how I want to present information, mm. I'm able to okay. Here's the recording. Here is the audio. Here is the written stuff. Here is this. Yeah. Here is that. Here's the information. Yeah, you can access the information as where best for you to access the information. Once again, because if if you're in the classroom with you haven't had to deal with this, you you personally, but I know people who are listening to this have have dealt with this. You're in a classroom of 250 students, 500 students, mm-hmm. and you're trying to pay attention to what the professor is is lecturing on. But someone behind you is tapping the little click thing on the on the pen mm-hmm. because they're bored. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have attention deficit issues. There's there's bored mm-hmm. because we're attention span issues like we were talking about earlier. That clicking is what is going to cause you to lose your ability to focus on what's going on mm-hmm. because now the environment has to do stimulus and that stimulus is going to, Ooh, what's that stimulus? Oh, it's a pen. Hi, I wonder what kind of pen that is. Do I have that kind of pen too? And, 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 and this is where the, that whole kind of train of inattentiveness com- comes into play with the, with the attention deficit person. For me, if someone was clicking a pen behind me and I, I'd be, 
feeling like I'd want to rip my hair out because it's overstimulating to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, <laughs> there had been times where I, I, I came off road because someone was doing something and I'm like, you need to stop right now. <laughs> I can't. Um, it's just, it's so hard. Yep. Yeah, it is, it is, it is excessively hard. It's one of the things that, that, that I've had to learn because as you know, and as people who, who know me personally know, I don't sit. Oh, like, I, like I'm sitting here do, re, doing the recording, mm-hmm. but I spent the uh, four year and I did five mile walk this morning and I did my lifting and I mowed the lawn and I did all, I got rid of all of that, that pent up stuff I because, because I, I knew, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and I'm going to talk, talk with Richie <laughs> and I could stand and do this, but the problem is, is that the mic doesn't, I don't have a mic, uh, the mic is sitting on the desk. I don't have a full mic stand to stand up and move it around. I bought a standing adjustable desk, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but, 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 but one of the things that I, that I had to teach myself to do, and it became and like, I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing it, but students would tell us like when you were taking tests and because I don't sit, I would oh. be kind of, I like wander around the room mm-hmm. and, and students would not necessarily find it distracting, but would get anxious because they thought that like, oh, you're like, you're and like, they understand it's like, no, I just need to move. Oh yeah. And so, so back at the class, I need to stand up and walk yeah. around. Yeah, and, and so so what I, so what I would do is is that I would uh, purposefully take on additional tasks on days where I knew I was giving tests. Yeah. So that I would have something to have to attend to. Um. While tests are being while tests are being done. Once again, mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's one of those things where it's just like when you have these these attention deficit issues, you kind of learn how to compensate. Right. Is um, it's not really like a self treatment, even though mm-hmm. it's really it is kind of a self treatment, but. What you do is you is you learn behavioral things, and that co- it goes into to kind of the, the next thing when, it, when we talk about attention deficit issues, and attention deficit hyperactivity issues, is that yeah we can give you meds, and that's kind of like the thing that everybody uh, oh uh, you just go take meds, but the thing is you actually have to learn how to behaviorally modify yourself. Yes. Because the meds will only work for so long. I I'm on meds. Yeah. I mean, it, it's helped, but mm-hmm. it actually exacerbated my stimming mm-hmm. and like the self harm it's n- i'm not doing self harm on purpose but i pick up my scalp and yep. there's like scabs all over cuz i just can sit there for hours stimming mm-hmm. um and, and as, as we, you're trying to you're trying to get that that balance between the, between the neurotransmitters and what happens is that the, the medicine doesn't allow for that so what it's trying yeah. to do is trying to compensate for having the imbalance yeah but your brain is set up to say, okay, this is my balance. And the message says, no, this is what your balance should be. And now the brain says, okay, now I got to rebalance everything mm-hmm. so that so that I get to where I want to be in terms of my normal mm-hmm. uh, homeostatic optimal level of, of functionality. Yeah. And so it goes into what we were talking about in terms of like doing activity. Yeah. And one of the things that, that has come out with some from really good research out there, it, particularly with uh, school-age children. Mm is that being active yeah actually lowers symptom outbursts uh-huh. of attention deficit issues mm-hmm. in school age children mm-hmm. doing secondary activities mm. uh doodling uh, right. uh crocheting knitting doing yeah. some doing something tactile while you you're in a conversation yes. it lowers it allows you to attend to the stimulus you have to attend to yes and it kind of lowers that need to attend to other things. 
uh-huh. in terms of that attention deficit issue. Like people uh, would say, oh, like you have, you have music on all the time. How can that help with the attention deficit issue? Well, it becomes white noise. Mm. It, be- it becomes it becomes white noise. You don't you don't pay attention to to the song mm-hmm. until it becomes that one song that you that you really like, awesome. or that or or that or that. Oh, I haven't heard that song ever. I'm going to listen to that song because I really like that that kind of beat or that kind of flow. And now you'll the find music. me listening to it and ten billion times. Exactly. Hey. Exactly. And so, uh, like, there's there's a joke that. Uh, used to have with people who, when we would go run and they were always go, well, what are you thinking about when you go run? I'm all right foot, left foot. So I don't fall. And, and they would joke, oh, I'm thinking about the, the fried eggs and the, and the, the guacamole and the, and the avocado toast and the, and, and, and this and that, that you're going to cook when you get done running. And it's just like, it's like, if I, if I'm thinking about all that stuff, I'm going to forget what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, like people would ask like, like, what do you run to? Like when I go run, because like they know, like when I lift, it's usually like the the heavy metal mm. stuff. Well, I actually run to to rap or to or to country music, mm-hmm. and they're awful wise. It because it's the beat, it's the mm-hmm. the rhythm that's there, yes. and it allows me to to just kind of just go with that. Where I'm not actually listening to the to the lyrics or listening to what's going on. It's yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, that that song comes in, you kind of have to stop and listen to the song. Uh-huh. But other than that, it's just like you're kind of just going with the. And, and it goes into that, yeah, we can give you the meds to, to yes. help control. But the problem is that there's, there's side effects to all of those meds. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing in terms of the history of the, medic, of the medication is attention deficit issues we've known about for quite some time. Uh, the earliest diagnosis that, I, that I've come across in terms of all the literature was like in the 1700s mm-hmm. in terms of the history of attention deficit issues. And then because of all the pharmacodynamic and pharmacology uh, kind of chemistry that came out of the late 1800s, early 1900s, and the um, introduction of amphetamine, Mm -hmm. is that we actually started to treat attention deficit issues with amphetamine, with amphetamines, and realized, oh, people who had attention deficit issues, if we gave them amphetamines, they no longer had attention deficit issues, they were able to focus. And that's because what's happened is that the the amphetamines and the stimulant attention deficit drugs are all basically derivatives of the amphetamine mm-hmm. are going to function on the norepinephrine and the dopamine receptors. Yeah. And what it does is it is it is it evens out that kind of imbalance in the neurotransmitters mm-hmm. and allows for the for normal neurophysiological neuroanatomical processing to take place. So that I'm able to control the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And if I'm able to control the symptoms, then I can have normal functionality. But the problem is, is that, and it goes into normal drug, drug interactions, is that as I use those drugs, the cells don't want to be around those drugs. Mm. And so what the cells do is they, the cells start to modulate the receptors, mm-hmm. upregulation, downregulation oh. of mm-hmm. the receptors so that they get the correct level of stimulant. Mm-hmm. And that's where, okay, so you're on the, you're on drug. And once again, I'm not going to name brand drugs here. You're on stimulant A after yes. six months, stimulant A no longer works, mm. which means we now have one or two options. We either give with stimulant B or we up the dose of stimulant A. Uh, yeah. But the problem is that we can, we can only buy it due, due to all the pharmaco stuff. We can only up the dose so much. Mm-hmm. 
And so what ends up happening is that you up a dose and slowly stops working. Now you're going to go to drug B. Yeah. And, plus and you're going to follow that same, same kind of classical. Yeah. Like these drugs, like stimulants are very addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is that if you don't do the other things, the behavioral, mod- what we usually refer to as behavioral modifications. Yeah. What's myself in terms of the non-communicable disease treatments look at in terms of what's referred as lifestyle intervention Uh if we don't treat the lifestyle yeah then what ends up happening is that because the lifestyle is not treated Mm -hmm. all the same stimuli all the same triggers are there Mm -hmm. and you haven't learned how to modify the behavior so that you're able to get yourself out of the things that would offset and cause attention deficit issues so like my therapist, psychiatrist, like drugs aren't like a be all cure, you know, you still have to learn the coping skills, how to manage stress and, you know, how to prevent yourself from stimming, because that's such a big issue I have, even when, even in class, and I'm already like reaching for my scalp, I'm like, it's not good and it starts bleeding. And I'm just like, Oh, my God, I look terrible, you know, mm-hmm. like, if I asked like a close friend how they see me when I am swimming. They look anxious, worried, <laughs> not there. You know, it's it's not good. Yeah, and, th- and that's where what, one of the things that you, that you start doing is you start learning. And once again, it goes into the intervention, lifestyle intervention program. Mm-hmm. You, you, you learn coping skills. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, I, it's, I'm feeling like it's like I'm getting a little anxious because mm-hmm. usually an- anxiety is going to trigger that kind of stimming because what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you're trying to rebalance mm. your, your emotional awareness. Yeah. And so you start to, okay, instead of picking at your skin, you have the little kind of like fidget toy, fidget toy or yeah. rubber band on the, yes. Uh, on the wrist or uh, spinning the pencil or mm-hmm. clicking the, the clicker on the pencil or doing something that is not, the, the stimming, but what it does is it, is it lowers that, that level of anxiety that you have. Yeah. And that's when it comes to like me crocheting, mm-hmm. it helps a ton. It's, it feels the same, but you know, I'm not harming myself. Yep. In the process. And that's where like, um, small little ticks come, yeah. come out yeah. and, and those small little ticks are, are just you trying to get rid of that pent up neurophysiological. Yeah. Once again, you can use think about his energy. Mm-mm. I need to get rid of this. And so um, people who have attention deficit issues that you see fidget, that those, those, that's the same kind of um, hyperactive impulsive style of attention deficit issue, yeah. as opposed to the inattentive yeah. person, the inattentive person is, is constantly trying to find that stimulus that piques their interest. Mm-hmm. And once they yeah. found that, once, yeah. once they found that, it's like, okay, I'm going to hone in on it. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's interesting in terms of that is that um, there's been, it hasn't been kind of mainstreamed in terms of um, psychologists and psychiatrists using this, but there's been some people who basically said, okay, we have these like uh, those three kind of brands for attention deficit hyperactivity is like, well, there's really this kind of staircase kind of segmented kind of continuum of stuff Mm -hmm. 
where they've kind of labeled out, okay, there's these seven types. And if you go and do like internet searches on like, what are the types of attention deficit issues? If you go to the CDC or you go to the NIH, the Centers for Disease Control, the National Institutes of Health, or if you're over in Europe, the National Health System in Great Britain or the European Union's equivalency of the NIH, Mm. they'll give you those three because those are the three that are in the DSM. The yeah. The diagnostic, the diagnostic manual for for psychiatrists, but mm-hmm. then a couple, a few other people said, "Well, these these other ones." Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you got some uh, insight into attention deficit and hyperactivity disorders and some of the causes that uh, might bring it about, as well as some of the issues related to the uh, social stigmas or social acceptances that take place around neuro and neurological issues. If you like what we're putting out, please make sure that you go ahead and uh, subscribe to the publications that we're doing. Please make sure you like if you also enjoy what we're putting out there. It helps us out with all the algorithms.